They didn't see it coming. They were going about their lives in one of the most powerful empires in the history of the world. They lived at the center of global trade. The economy was robust, built on agriculture that flourished in rich soil. They were, in fact, at the very cradle of civilization. How could they have imagined what was in store for them? There, in the powerful, food-rich nation, a famine was coming. A long famine. Seven years of life-threatening disaster. And no one saw it coming. The story of Joseph takes up the whole last quarter of the book of Genesis. After all, the sweeping origin stories comes one story, a novella. After the coat of many colors, after his dreams, after his brothers sell him into slavery, after being taken to Egypt, after being falsely accused, he ends up in prison and then eventually in front of Pharaoh, the god king of one of the most powerful empires in the history of the world. And Pharaoh too has had a dream, but has no idea what it means. I wonder if Joseph, like Solomon, had been giving, given a choice of what blessing from God he'd want. I wonder if Joseph would have chosen dream interpretation. If God had said to Joseph, like God said to Solomon, ask me for what I should give you. I wonder if that's what Joseph would have chosen. I wonder if Joseph, like a superhero in his own origin story, had been able to choose his superpower, if that's what he would have picked. Or, or if you were role-playing Joseph in a kind of like biblical Dungeons and Dragons game, and the storyteller said, okay, your character is going to be sold into slavery in a land where a long famine is coming. Would you personally choose dream interpretation as your special skill? Maybe you'd choose agricultural prowess. Or maybe you'd choose the ability to survive on less and less food or, or simply the ability to escape to somewhere, anywhere else. But as it happened in the story, what God gave Joseph was dream interpretation. The ability to see what was coming. Called before Pharaoh, Joseph heard the dream about seven fat cows and seven thin cows, poor cows, ugly cows, very ugly cows, thin. He'd never seen such ugly cows. He heard about the seven healthy ears of grain and the seven withered ones, and Joseph sees it plain as day. What's coming is winter. Sorry, what's coming is famine. Lean years, seven long, lean years. What's coming is peril, not just for Egypt, as it turned out, but for the whole world. Because of the gift that Joseph did have, silly old dream interpretation, Egypt was able to put in place a plan, a plan to store up during the fat years, to store up those golden heaps of grain poured into storehouses until it wasn't worth measuring anymore. Those years of plenty, that easy time of harvest, of setting aside for the future. Because of his gift, Joseph himself rose to power, no longer a slave or a prisoner whose life hung in balance, depending on the whims of others, but among the most powerful people in the world. Joseph's gifts saved his life, a whole country, 
the lives of foreigners who came also to buy grain, and eventually his own family, including the ones who'd betrayed him. I know some people came in after I read it, but a friend sent this book, Frederick, that I read is The Call to Worship. A friend sent a copy to both me and Vince, the story of a little mouse who, while his family works to gather grain, he sort of sits and dreams and absorbs sunlight and colors. When the friend sent it, I joked that she gave it to us because like Frederick's family in the story, she thinks we're lazy, but that is of course not why she gave it to us. She gave it to me and Vince to let us know that she thinks of us as the kind of people who gather up warmth, who gather up sunshine and colors and words. She gave this book to me to let us know that she values what I gather. I was grateful for the gift of Frederick, for Frederick's story. I was grateful to read the story of Frederick through her eyes, my friend's eyes, so to speak, and see myself as a mouse who gathers what's good and necessary, if intangible, for my community. But if God had asked me what superpower I wanted for this life, I'm not sure that's what I would have asked for. I'm not sure I would have chosen silly old warmth and colors and word gathering. A few weeks ago, a, a different friend wrote with an out of the blue idea that had occurred to her. It was something she found funny and she thought I would find it funny too. And I was supposed to be working when she wrote, when I got her email. And I, I can't remember what I was supposed to be doing, but it was something important. Like maybe it was writing a big grant, something complicated and, and do right away. So when I stopped my work to read her email, it was with a sense of guilt a sense of guilty recognition. This is what I do. This is what I do. I stop the important thing and I fool around on the internet and I do the easy thing. So I opened her email when I was supposed to be doing something important and her idea was funny to me. In fact, it was so funny that I needed a creative response. So I, I, I drew a little elaborate diagram with marker, more guilt. The grant was not going to write itself. And I, I made a little key for the diagram and I photographed the diagram. Like, what was I doing? Tens of thousands of dollars were involved in this grant. And I, I photographed the diagram and sent it off to my friend. And when that foolishness was done, I went back to work and I never heard anything more about it. Ugh, this is what I do. I recognize that behavior, not just the procrastination, but the way I value a joke and, and prioritize it. I'm the kind of mouse, sorry, I'm the kind of person who values a running joke. I'm the kind of person who will set an alarm to remember to text someone a joke. I'm the kind of person who will set an alarm to remember if I think of it too late at night or I want to get the timing of it just right. I'm not kidding. That's nuts. I'm the kind of person who will schedule an email reminder for myself to mark the anniversary of something funny. I mean, I, I currently have an email scheduled to myself for months from now, and honestly, I, I can't wait. I'm dreaming of how that joke will play out when the time comes. And I'm not sure that this is the thing, the special skill set I would have asked for. 
like if someone had said to me, you're going to move to Chicago and become a pastor and there's going to be a global pandemic that has everyone living mostly alone in their homes for a long time. And then said, do you want running jokes as your special power? I would have said no. Give me perseverance or the ability to come up with a vaccine or how to live without fear or to stay well no matter what. One of the things that the Joseph story seems to be about is the power of God and how it's different and much more vast than human power. Even the human power of a God king like Pharaoh. How God's power is greater and more vast even than the human power of one of the greatest empires in the history of the world. It's about God's power and God's plan that is not always knowable. God's power and God's plan and God's knowledge that is different and deeper than human knowledge. None of which in the Joseph story happens by God breaking into the story like a superhero. It doesn't even happen by a miraculous feeding, which it turns out God is also into. God's power and plan and knowledge happen through the particular gifts of a particular person into whom God pours a specific gift. Through Joseph, that dreamer, God enacts God's plan and displays God's power and shares God's knowledge of what's coming, which is famine, which is pandemic, which is winter. We, like Joseph, are in a particular situation with knowledge now of what's coming. We each, like Joseph, have gifts that are particular to us. And we have also been living in a time of plenty, not our regular old pre-pandemic plenty, but a time of plenty nonetheless. The abundance of that Indigo Girls Sunday, 55 people on the lawn for church, harmonies ringing out while people hummed and grinned behind their masks. The abundance of 100 people on the lawn to hear jazz, glasses of wine in hand, weeping some of us at the miracle of it. The abundance of book group gathered in the growing dusk, hardly able to hear themselves over the roar of cicadas. If God had asked our ancestors, the German immigrants back in 1895 who started this church, ask me for what I should give you. If God had told them, you'll become a church You'll build a beautiful sanctuary and a parsonage. If God had said, you will welcome LGBTQ people, and then God would have explained to the German immigrants what those numbers, those letters meant. If God said, you will feed the hungry and you will comfort those who mourn, you will welcome other refugees and immigrants. And then there will be a plague. What superpower do you want this church to have? If God had asked them, would they have chosen longevity? Would they have chosen a steady, even perseverance? Would they have said, we're going to need a courtyard? God poured into us, into them, into this church, particular gifts. And by that giftedness, God has given us abundance for ourselves, for our households, for Chicago, for the good of the world. 
God has given us enough to store up golden heaps that are beyond measure. At the beginning of this week, I heard back from the friend I sent that diagram to. She sent me a message saying she was still laughing about it and that she had laughed about it for more than a week. She said she couldn't believe that I had taken the time to respond, that I had read her message closely, that I had drawn the damn thing to send it. She especially liked the little key that I drew. She said she wasn't sure what class I'd taken to learn that that could be an act of Christian community, but she was grateful. I didn't take a class, of course, that taught me how to belabor a joke or draw a silly little picture. In fact, I didn't know until this week that it was a gift at all. God's knowledge of what is needed is different than ours. God's plan is different than ours alone would be. The gifts that God gives us are perhaps different than what we would ask for, but we, like Joseph, are gifted. We are, like Joseph, able to see some of what's coming and to plan. We are, like Joseph, part of God's plan. Our dreams are part of God's dream. And we have, like Joseph, lived in a season of abundance that will get us through what's next. Beloved friends and dreamers, Rest in it, even if just for a moment. There are lean times coming, long winter days. But by our God-given dreams and particular gifts, we have been storing up what we need. Now all that's left to do is share it with each other and all who are in need.